Hi, this is David Pollan, and this is the hot button number 21, the Globe's Troubles, some financials. Some anonymous Pazzo on Twitter claiming to be an independent journalist, we know the HFPA standard on that, is out there explaining how HFPA has turned the corner and was never really that bad, and anyone saying otherwise is just hopelessly deranged. I, on the other hand, have spent 25 years in close proximity to the post-HFPA and have no problem detailing the scam that this group has been running so effectively for so long. I actually don't hold the bad old days of HFPA against them. I really don't even care about the Sharon Stone watches incident. $400 watches mean nothing to this group. I'm okay with people and organizations, the Supreme Court claims there's no difference, changing in real and constructive ways. The unpleasant history of the HFPA in recent years was reported on by Stacey Perriman and Josh Roddenberg for the LA Times last February. Most of the article was about financial malfeasance. But most of the takeaway from the article was about the lack of even a single black member of the voting organization. This left an opening for HFPA, even after the article finally got publicists to stand up to the long corrupt organization and demand change, to make this change mostly about race. The result is that they've added 21 new members, six of whom are black, five are Asian, six are Latino, Hispanic, and apparently four who are classic Caucasian. One is mysteriously from H, from ESPN worldwide. But here's the thing. There are bigger issues with HFPA, and some are structural and some are financial. The core of the HFPA scam, which surely occurred to them long after they set the thing up, is the small size of the group. If a trip somewhere fancy for three or four days costs $12,500 a head, a studio can send the entire HFPA for $1.1 million. If they were to offer such a trip to CCA, BFCA, or, and spend only 10000 a head using slightly less nice accommodations, it would cost at least $4 million, and the trip and events would be less intimate and the impact less certain. Talking about the Academy, even when it was 5,500 members is not in the conversation, unless a distributor could spend $11 million to spend, send every member a $2,000 check and be sure to get what they want, which is a silly fantasy. But even in that fantasy, sending a $1,000 check is now a $9 million-plus spend. It's easier to keep a secret amongst 100 people than 400 or 4,000, and the economies of scale for 80-something people who have a major broadcast network TV show are a singularity in this business. So when HFBA's claim of, quote-unquote, fixing the problem is an expansion of 21 people, taking this group to just over 100, you'll have to forgive me for laughing at the notion that this is a significant change. It's like the three-card Monty dealer having you follow the black queen instead of the red queen. Same trick. So I went to the paperwork, the IRS 990 forms required for not-for-profits, and here is a quick look. How about the new president of the HFPA, Helen Hohn? Is she fresh blood? Nope. She was elected vice president of HFPA in 2020, before the Troubles. She became an HFPA board director in 2014, and interestingly, she was not paid a dime for this work in the years between 2014 and 2017. Then in the June 2017, June 2018 fiscal year, the organization started paying board members different amounts. Nope, I don't know why. $41,675 from Ms. Hone, just behind the pay for the VP and treasurer, who were credited with working 19 hours a week while she was being paid for 13. That's 100 bucks an hour. In the June 2018 to June 2019 fiscal year, she was paid 55,351, excuse me, same eight hours a week, up to $133 an hour or 33% raise. We don't have the 2020 IRS 990 filings yet, so we don't know how much she was paid as vice president. When Anka Hoffman was in the slot, moving from an unpaid board position to VP in the fiscal year 2016-17, 
Her first pay was 32,770. Next year it was 44,376. The next year 69,392. Like Ms. Hone, these pay jumps were for working the same alleged hours. The presidential position also pays, and that payment has also exploded over recent years. In 2014, it was 56,000. In 2015, it was 80,000. In 2016, there were co-presidents, and they totaled 166,000. 2017, they created the chairman role for Lorenzo Soria. He got 181,000, or excuse me, it was 181,000 at that point for both the chairman and the president. But 87,000 of that went to President Maritan Tatna, whose individual salary rose $30,000 that year. And in fiscal year 2017-18, President Tatna made $136,000 in salary, a $50,000 bump. And that's still with Lorenzo Sorio as chairman and getting paid. So how much will the longstanding member of HFPA leadership earn from, for, from our little not-for-profit scam, moving from the vice president slot into the presidential slot as she did this September? I don't know. I don't know how much she was paid as VP last year, but one would have to guess somewhere in the 80s, 80,000s, given the previous bumps in salary for that slot. And will she leap to Tatna's 136,000? I don't really know, but probably. Just five years ago, she made no direct salary from HFPA. For years, she made no direct salary from HFPA. So this is quite the ascent, the face of change. How about a bigger picture look at the financials of HFPA? They're quite simple in certain ways. The most recent filing of the 990s was June 18th to the ni- June 19th of that fiscal year. Um, if you look on the, on the actual page of the newsletter, it's printed out for you. Uh, on line five, they show 99 individuals employed by the group, which doesn't include show production or independent contractors. There are only two non-members listed on the form, which leaves room for about 10 in minor staff roles and then every member of the voting group. But they don't list members who aren't on the board as employees. And they show on line 14, no benefits paid to employees. So I don't know exactly how or what is hidden in the folds here. The LA Time reporting said, in the fiscal year ending in t- June 2020, which is the year after this, the HFPA paid $1.929 million for members serving on committees and performing other tasks. So that's somewhere hidden in these numbers. Line 9, I don't know why the revenue, which is only the TV show, doubled, because it did from the year before, from 15 to 30. Perhaps it was the timing of payments. Perhaps it was how they rolled out the revenues to pay for the show. I'm not really sure. But it seems reasonable to assume that the spend for it by NBC each year for the show is about $27 million, and that HFPA gets nets about $15 million and the rest $12 million for production and whatever other benefits go to the Dick Clark Productions. Uh, line 13, they're grants, 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 grants. This is where HFPA loves to claim their mission. I'll get into more detail later, but it jumped, the grant number jumped from 3.9 million to 5 million in fiscal year 2016, and it stayed there since. In each year, about 1.9 million of the grants go from HFPA to the HFPA Charitable Trust. As best as I can tell, this is a tax maneuver. Pretty much all the money is distributed to charitable organizations from that trust rather directly, rather than directly from the HFPA itself. Not sure why. I'm sure they get some sort of tax break. Here's the magical question, though. If your not-for-profit organization brings in $15 million a year and does nothing other than give away a piece of that money, how much do you have to give away to remain a not-for-profit? I really don't want to sit around and judge where the group chooses to send their grant money, but it often seems random or off-point. I printed their state admission on the uh, as an organization filed by the IRS, but I'll, I'll read a little bit of it to you. 
The Hollywood Foreign Press Association was organized to promote the development of motion picture, television, dramatic, musical and comedy theater, and audiovisual recording art forms. That's what it says. Their last filing, though, they sent a check for $500,000 to an unnamed organization overseas to, quote-unquote, help refugees. That's all they told the IRS. They sent $150,000 to California Fire's found- Fire Foundation. They sent 500000 to a company organization called Lost Lights Projects, which publishes the Inside Climate News website. They won a Pulitzer in 2013, but it really has nothing to do with the movies or television. They sent half a million dollars to the Reporters Committee for the Freedom of the Press. I guess they were hoping to be protected. I'm not questioning the values of these organizations. That's really not the point. But that money, just those four groups, is about one-third of the entirety of the grants they gave out that year. And none of them have anything to do with the development of motion pictures, television, dramatic, musical or comedy theater, and audiovisual recording art forms. So what are they doing? There are many really worthy organizations, many having to do with film, particularly women in film, people of color in film, et cetera, um, 20,000, 10,000, 50,000. You know, there's a lot of it. But the big numbers went to places that had nothing to do with the mission of the organization. Line 15, salaries, $3.4 million. Uh, kind of got into that before about how people were paid in the group. Line 17, other expenses, $7.19 million. This includes unlisted fees for services of $528,000, $1.4 million in travel, $530,000 for conferences, conventions, and meetings, $1.3 million for, quote-unquote, banquet. Not the Globes, just banquet. 2029000 dollars for installation of the board. That must have been a hell of a party. 159000 for unspecified consulting services and $967,000 for all other expenses with no detail at all. So again, that means that more than half of their $7.19 million spend is gray market at least. Line 22, I don't know much cash HPA is sitting on now. The list that I have is 18 months old, but the piggy bank is pretty full, and that $5 million a year designated to maintain the tax-accept status when organization does nothing other than enjoy the revenue created by giving out an award on a TV show produced by their new CEO seems like a small price to pay, and they get to look magnanimous at the same time. They're sitting on almost $55 million in cash, apparently. But they added six black people, you scream. Let these kind, generous, misunderstood, open-minded folks go back to the important work that they've been doing all these years. You know, I was a friend of the late, great George Christie. He was a character. He was a games player. He was a bit of a schnorrer. And he got killed career-wise by Anita Bush and Dave Robb at The Hollywood Reporter back when they were really trying hard to take themselves seriously. He had broken some union rules to keep his health insurance, and they got him. But for me, it was a lazy crusade against low-hanging fruit. Old-school Hollywood fruit, which is not always the cleanest, but it is some of the most atmospheric that there is. Some say my strong feelings about HFPA are a swipe at low-hanging fruit, but the truth is I've been swimming in the same pool or in the pool next door to these guys for a really long time. I know some of them. I really like some of them. I even respect some of them, but that is not the point. The point is HFPA is nothing but a marketing tool for publicists heading for Oscar Sunday. That is it, and they've built a world around this purpose. With the power of Dick Clark when he was alive and healthy and then the power of those managing the Clark Productions since his demise – They took a car wreck of an organization and made it the second most powerful movie award marketing platform in the world. And really, it's number one, since by the time the Oscar show happens, it's not a marketing event so much as a result. 
They net $15 million or so a year for this show. They give away $5 million off the top that keeps them IRS safe. And aside from the event that DCP creates and maintains for them, they spend the year doing pretty much nothing. Not that they're not quite busy. They travel the world. They see hundreds of movies and TV shows. They get wined and dined. They visit film festivals, more whining, more dining, hobnobbing with celebrities who almost all see them as bottom feeders. And they have virtually no direct responsibilities in this part of their lives journey at all. And well, they also, uh, well, that, that seems to be everything they do. And that's where some people will say, oh, but you're so jealous. And I suppose I would be, but I don't have the gene that lets, that lets me look away from my own complicitous behavior and, and taking the industry for every dime I can. I don't have the chip on my shoulder that says this business owes me. And I haven't even gotten into the amounts of money spent by the distributors to support the allegiance, their, the allegiance of this group. Travel, dining, per diem, et cetera. Is that another $15 million a year? A little bit more? A little bit less? I'll leave that question for another day because there's so much more to expose. But spread this out between a lot of players and it just becomes another line in the marketing budget. Like the same price as 15 worthless trade covers. Money being pushed around the table. You know, it's all a game of craps when it comes to the Oscar season. The trouble for HFPA really began when they went from a small-time grift to the big-time con. And for some reason, Billy Joel comes to mind. All you, I, I should sing because I'll kill you all. All your life you had to stand in line, stay in the, still you're standing on your feet. All the choices made you change your mind. Now your calendar is complete. Don't wait for answers. Just take your chances. Don't ask me why. They've taken a lot of chances. If only they invited a few black members into the fold when Oscar So White happened, perhaps they, perhaps people would have forgotten the LA Times story exactly the same way the Academy forgot the LA Times story on Don Hudson when they hired her to be CEO. Well, they didn't do that. They thought too highly of themselves for that. Things were going too well, especially in the last five years. Money was flowing like a champagne tower. The idea of HPFPA, to me, is quite valid even now. The world is getting smaller. Journalists who are not from America truly matter to the film movie distribution and to the streamers because they have the eye, as much as any of us do now, of the customers that every company is now desperate to convert. America is still huge considering it's our actual size, but we're like a half or a third or a fifth of the territory now. The future of film and television is worldwide. I would be happy to put everything aside from the past if HFPA showed one ounce of interest in making a real change. Instead, we get a new president from a long corrupted board and a CEO who owns the TV piece of the puzzle and only wants to see these people get back on TV, making him millions too. You can throw a lot of spin at me and some of it will be true, but that is really all that is happening here. Giving away $5 million a year did not make HFPA not corrupt. It was camouflage. Really great camouflage, but camo. They need a bigger group. They need some more real journalists. They need to give away another $3 million a year at least. The race stuff, that's a given and should not be a real challenge moving forward. That should be handled. But take the bottle of wine and the wheel of brie out of your fucking pockets. The party is over, man. Move on to your better angels. Cellophane tuxedos for a while. You can do your job however it is valued without being bottom feeders. Or you should be history. Until tomorrow.